Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Football.com and the DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. Travis, we are 100, not 100 years, but 100 episodes. That's Travis the Beard. Hold on, I'm trying trying to do some math. I don't think we're there yet. All right, that's Travis the Beard. Hey guys, what's the difference between roast beef and pea soup? Anybody can roast beef, but nobody can pea soup. I <laughs> nice. Okay, let's take a step back in time, one year's time, and let's do this all over again. From DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's Jake. Oh man, there's Sin Anderson. Oh my God, I have no response for that intro. Welcome. <laughs> that is Addison by Subtractison, Amaze Hayes. I wish that you didn't bring that nickname back, but thank you. <laughs> and I am John, one year later, still the common denominator and limiting factor Hogue. And this is a super flex. Super Show! One year anniversary, and we had to bring back the OGs to mark this momentous occasion. Jake and Addison, welcome back to the show where it all started. Thanks for being here, boys. Yeah, thanks for having us on. I appreciate it, guys. This is, uh, I'm having some serious deja vu right now. I know, right? Yeah, this is. But it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, but Travis is still looming. And uh, trying to come up with something to, to throw me off and piss me off. Uh, Indeed. <laughs> and James is still here to lend all the brain power that you've come to know and love. So we've got an awesome show for our one-year anniversary. That's uh, 50, 50 episodes, 50 weeks, and uh, two vacation weeks, actually. So just, just in case uh, you are trying to do the math. So... We have a lot to get to that we want to talk with these guys about, but we got to start with what's been going on over the last almost a year with Jake and Addison. So we're going to start with you, Jake. You've got a new podcast coming, and uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. It's already been going for a few weeks. Sorry. What, I, I did. I do listen. Happened? I actually John do doesn't listen. listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen for uh, for Peter Howard's. Uh, uh, accent more than anything. Well, I appreciate that. What a glo- what a glorying endorsement that is. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, yeah, just been been writing for DLF since I since I left this this 
fine podcast. And recently I started a new podcast with uh, Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. Uh, it's called the Dynasty Crossroads. We we break down one player at a time from a film and analytical perspective. I'm the film guy and, and Peter is the analytical guy. So uh, it's just kind of a fun way. I think that's kind of, you know, there's always two methods in, in player evaluation and we're just trying to take it from two different angles and learn from each other. And uh, yeah, it's been a blast. You can find us on Twitter at Dino Crossroads. So that's at NFL Draft Talker on Twitter. Everyone's already following Jake, but if you happen to be one of the few who aren't for whatever reason follow him and check out the new dino crossroads podcast on to addison hayes at amaze hayes underscore on twitter that thing has changed so many times since i had to say it on a regular basis <laughs> so let's talk about your greener pastures and the google of fantasy football yeah so that was that's the name that you've given it and yes, uh i love it uh, even though it doesn't really have everything yet. Um, but yeah, so I created, you know, ffstatistics.com and it led me to have 300 more followers currently than Jake. So that's always a plus for me. <laughs> You're <laughs> and, doing uh, a cheap shot in your introduction? Yeah. That's oh, how we have roll to. on this show, man. That's oh, how we yeah. roll on this show. We have to bring wow, back. I was doing the slow the roll. roll. <laughs> this is the point where I start cutting you off during your introduction to talk shit. <laughs> but but yeah, so uh ffstatistics.com uh it has, you know, almost everything that you could possibly want for fantasy football and I am, you know, beyond grateful and humbled by the support and growth that the site has already had uh since uh launch back in February. Uh, we're on its third version of the site, and as of right now, um, you know I've I've added a, a team of writers and content producers uh, that John, you are a part of. Uh, so we're, we'll be excited for that, uh, and be on the lookout for for John and the rest of the team's uh, content. So you can follow um, on Twitter at ffstatistics underscore. Uh, it's ffstatistics dot com. And then uh, from there, you can you can find the rest of the team and every, everybody, uh, you know, that is producing content for the site now. So I'm just really happy for the uh, the new phase of the site. Yeah, man. And that thing grows by the day. It's insane. So I always like to say that I like to take the fun out of fantasy football. That's what I, exactly what I'm going to be doing. And now it's going to be in video. I'm going to have some graphs. Uh, that you're going to absolutely hate. So, yeah, keep an eye out for those. Awesome, Sounds super dude. enticing. It's a nice marketing <laughs> scheme, yeah. <laughs> I'm going I'm sure after Todd Gurley. I'm propping Ooh. up those Raiders. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be ugly. Let's get back to current day with your unsurprising headline of the week with James the Brain Catullus. Oh, man. Dude, there were so many unsurprising headlines this week. It was really tough to to come up with one, but... Um, I wanted to come up with one that that uh, that you guys hadn't brought to my attention um, during the week, so this is going to be kind of a new one. And this is courtesy of Roto World again. Ty Montgomery working as third down back. So wait a minute. <laughs> Converted wide receiver is working as your pass catching and third down back. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, I'm not shocked at he's all. He's just kind of he's going from the backfield and just kind of slowly drifting back into the slot. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's like that's like someone saying that they're going to you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take Odell Beckham Jr. We're gonna make him running back, and you know what? We're gonna use him on pass catching downs. Like, well, uh, yeah, okay, duh, yeah. Why wouldn't you use Ty Montgomery as your third down back? Like, come on. So that, that so seems so. Let the record show, James uh, thinks Ty Montgomery and Odell Beckham Jr. are the same person. That's that's exactly what I said. Yeah. So thank you, thank you for drawing that parallel. I appreciate that, Travis. I didn't once, draw it. You said it. You once, said it. once, once again, I think the beard hair is starting to grow out of the ears a little bit. You might need to <laughs> might need to touch that up, but that's all right. Um, Ty Montgomery is the third down back, and uh, we should. That's that's breaking news, gentlemen. So um, act accordingly. They're just they're just saving their time until Aaron Jones is 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 back in the mix. That's that's yes, all. I there, yes, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Jamal okay. Williams and Ty will hold it down for the first two weeks, and then it's the Aaron Jones show. Yep, for yes. six weeks until he gets hurt or suspended again. Yep, sounds good. Jake, we agree. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, this... So we're four against one on the Aaron Jones bandwagon. James is the only one not on with us. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the Jamal Williams truther here. Oh my. He's such a plotter, though. I mean, he's he's a, he's a decent he's a decent player, but just there's no explosiveness. There's there's so little upside in his game. No, I agree. I, I, I've said several times on this podcast, I think Aaron Jones is the more talented back, but living in Wisconsin, I hear a lot of chatter that Green Bay does not trust Aaron Jones to be a future ball carrier because of some of the off-the-field issues that he's had. So I just don't see it this year. Uh, maybe next year. So I guess in Dynasty, if you're going to buy cheap and you can wait a year, I think maybe that's the that's the play. But I don't know that this year, unless it's the end of the year, he actually gets a chance at, at bell cow type carry. So I don't know. That's just me. Just, just kind of what I've been hearing. So I would rather have Jamal Williams at his ADP. Just give me like 15 touches. That's that, that'd be fine with me. It might be all you need. Didn't he have like one touch one game in overtime and he busted like a big touchdown? Yep. 20 yard yeah. touchdown. Yeah. yeah it was <laughs> crazy. It was like the, the only time he touched the ball. It was like, Oh, all right. Well, I don't know <laughs> if you guys, Need any more evidence on who the more talented back is? But then next week they tried it out Jamal Williams to start again. It's like, all right. Huh? Well, he had that one touchdown run, but didn't Jamal Williams have like a hundred yard game and like everybody forgot about it because Aaron Jones had that one run in overtime? Ah, uh, I, I, you know, yeah, I don't. You're remember. right on that one. Williams played the entire game, and I think he yeah. was, he, I think he had near a hundred yards rushing, but then Aaron Jones came in for one run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> won them the game. It was so sexy, though, that one run. Hey, uh, we can talk. I'll, I'll be fine talking to Aaron Jones for the rest of the podcast because I'm probably the highest on him out of all of us. I don't know, man. <laughs> I called him the next David Johnson. Wow. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see when we get to. We'll He's see the next Todd Gurley. There we go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> David Johnson outperformed Todd Gurley in terms of fantasy points if we compare the two years. The two we'll years, how, how much over the last two? There's no way. No, no, no. If you compare David Johnson's 2016 with Gurley's 2017, oh, oh David okay. Johnson's was better. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and then guess what? He didn't, he didn't put up forty. <laughs> he didn't put up forty point games in the playoffs, though. So twenty five percent of his production. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. All right. Well, we. We have some listener questions to get to. We have a 2QBs.com draft guide to give away, and we're going to do all that in a minute. But we've already seen some sparks. Now it's time for some actual fireworks. Are you guys down for your nuts yet? 
I'm literally already shaking my head just in preparation to hear what Addison's going to say. <laughs> I can't. I can't nice. wait. I cannot wait for this. Let's know, do it now. I know James Let's do wants it. Now. it. Let's do it. All right. Let's bring back a segment that originated before the podcast actually even started. We did one of these off air between uh, Addison, Jake, and I in our our prep run, our dry run, before we actually started recording these. So a little over a year ago, a year and one week ago. And it survived the test of time, so let's do it. Time for You Are Nuts. Let's start with you, Addison. Show us your nuts. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, don't. Please don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm so glad we don't have video right now. I can turn it <laughs> That's on. That's why we don't have video. You were wondering. <laughs> you were wondering. For now this you segment. Know. Just for this segment. Yep. Now it all makes sense. Yep. We used to do video, and then we did this segment, and we had to stop. Despite all of Travis's uh, best efforts... Jack Doyle will be a top five tight end in 2018. Oh, my oh I love this so much. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, you're, you're. All right, you're all right. I got my popcorn. Let's go. All right, so basically, uh, it comes down to uh, the return of Andrew Luck, and also uh, looking at the the parallels between uh, last year's tight end darling in Zach Ertz and what Jack Doyle did last year. So. If we compare the the 2016 season for Zach Ertz, the year before he really broke out with 2017 Jack Doyle, um, they both had, uh, well, here's Ertz's stat line. It was 106 targets, 78 receptions, 73% reception percentage, 816 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. He was the tight end six. Uh, And then Jack Doyle last year, 108 targets, 80 receptions, 74% reception percentage, 690 receiving yards, and four touchdowns was the tight end six. So just that in and of itself is a, a parallel there between the two. So now if you look at the tight end uh, production uh, underneath Andrew Luck and uh, you know look at uh, how, how you can project them to be next year, um, You'll, you'll see that the target shares and the, the way that Andrew Luck's tight ends have finished uh, before uh, are actually pretty consistent. Uh, and back in 2014, Luck's tight end one was uh, the tight end seven. And then uh, that was the best finish that they had. That was uh, also uh, T.Y. T- T- Hilton was wide receiver 12 uh, also that year. Now in T.Y. Hilton's breakout year, uh, the tight end one was tight end 13. Sure. Uh, but that doesn't matter because that doesn't fit my narrative. So um, <laughs> now we look at uh, who the who the new head coach is for the Indianapolis Colts. Do any of you guys know? Frank Reich. Do you know which team he just came from? Those world champ Philadelphia Eagles. Do you know who the tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles was? Oh, now you stumped me. He <laughs> was Dallas, right? You were just gonna keep asking questions till I ran out of answers, anyways. So. <laughs> so, if we look at Frank Wright and the system that he's coming from, and now he transfers over to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Jack Doyle would take on the Zach Ertz role and an already prolific offense under Andrew Luck, and now he will be a top five tight end in 2018 after finishing as a tight end six in 2017. Um, I'm not worried about Ebron because Ebron can be 
first of all, we haven't really seen Ebron break out, so everybody's still waiting for that. So I, I think it, I'm safe in saying that we have another year of not break out Eric Ebron. Uh, plus, Jack Doyle already has the the uh, rapport and the established uh, as the established tight end in the Indianapolis Colts offense. So I'm okay with calling him the tight end one for now, and he will take on the Zach Ertz role and. Uh, Ebron can take on the Trey Burton role uh, in Indy. Tight end five. Weren't you a big Ebron guy last year? Yeah, I was. We're not worried about that. <laughs> cool. I so still, you're not, I still you're not worried any... about him splitting into his target volume? Uh, no. I mean, I, he can take some targets away from uh, Doyle. I can definitely see that because his target percentage was absolutely insane with Jacoby Brissett. So his Doyle's targets are probably already going to drop uh, just a little bit, but they'll probably be more efficient targets with Andrew Luck and also deeper targets as well, um, going from Jacoby Brissett to Andrew Luck. Um, so with a decrease in targets, I would also predict an increase in uh, efficiency for for Jack Doyle. So. Plus, Ebron can take away from uh, T.Y. Hilton, too. So we can do that instead. Did anybody else just stop listening after he said Jack Doyle will be a top five tight end? Yep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, didn't, it almost it didn't even matter what kind of statistics he put behind <laughs> that. Like, I was just ready I to say you're I stopped listening after he said, I'm not worried about Eric Ebron at all. That's just silly. To so not at least be you listen to all of it up until that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what, dude, Addison? I tell you what, I don't, I don't hate it, man. I really don't. You kind of made a believer out of me a little bit, and here's why: it's it's not just because of the the you know Jack Doyle and the comparison to to kind of where he was compared to where Ertz was previously, and the fact that he's going to be in a tight end friendly offense. But also, I mean. Look, there's, there's t- targets are what. What weapons does Andrew Luck have? If Andrew Luck comes back, you got to think that offense is going to be better under Luck than Brissett if he's 100%, right? So you're going to see more passing opportunities, one would think, or at least more opportunity for the offense to score. And I don't see a wide receiver, too, on this team. I'm sorry. I mean, if you expect Deion Kane or Darius Fountain to just step up and be that guy or, I don't know, Chester Rogers, I mean, I, I don't really see a guy who I can feel comfortable with as a wide receiver, too. Both those tight ends, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle, could be could be useful. They could out-target a wide receiver, too. It wouldn't totally shock me in that offense. So, I, I'm, I'm, I mean— this isn't too crazy. This is a guy who was tight end six last year, like Addison stated. So to say he's going to be top five really just states that he's going to have some um, some mild progression, really. So I don't think it's too crazy. I I think you might have made a believer out of me, Addison, a little bit here. The problem here's, here's, is, is you're not factoring ahead. in Eric Ebron at all. Yes. So to say that, oh, he was tight end six, so and Andrew Luck's back, and so now he's going to be tight end five, that's – you're forgetting the biggest factor of the whole argument well, here. Well, they well, they then, brought in a younger, more athletic tight end to compete for those targets. Like, why would they bring that guy in if they were satisfied with their tight end position? Well, like he, if they just, if they knew if we, they thought that Jack Doyle was, you know, a top flight tight end, they would have brought in. Like, I understand you need depth, but they would have brought in some other guy underneath him. They would not have brought in one of the youngest, most athletic tight ends in the freaking league. No, I'm you not. Don't, I'm, you don't bring I, that I, I guy in that. to not use him. I get that. I'm not saying they're not going to use Eric Ebron. What I'm saying is, is they can run two more two tight end sets and use both. I mean, I don't, I don't see a wide receiver two on this team that's going to take a bunch of targets. Do you? I mean, Moncrief's gone. I, I think, don't see. I think, I think one of the nuts. Sorry to cut you off, James. No, um, you're good. 
I think I think one of the one of the more underrated aspects, or just a player that I don't think is getting any any talk, any love whatsoever. And I'm not saying he's gonna even be more than a wide receiver three or or four for your your fantasy teams. But Ryan Grant played really well with the Redskins last year. You know, he got that big offer from Baltimore. We all know what happened there. The contract fell through because they wanted to get Michael Crabtree in there. Um, but I think Ryan Grant has a as a as, as far as nobody talking about, you know, there's so much talk about Deion Kane and Drees Fountain. I think Ryan Grant could easily slide into that wide receiver two two role and at least establish some some kind of market share there. Yeah, I could see that, and and that is, I think that's the argument against it. Is I could totally see if if you think Ryan Grant can fill that wide receiver two role, take on some meaningful targets, and then. You know, maybe maybe a lot of those targets go to Ryan Grant, um, and they can kind of kind of distribute the ball, uh, you know, a little bit more evenly with Grant. And then if they have, you know, a guy like Kane in the in the slot, um, maybe then, you know, there's there's no need for two tight ends. So I could I could see where that narrative plays out, and Doyle isn't, um, you know, a top five tight end. But I could also see a narrative where they do use a lot of two tight end sets, um, and both those guys, Ebron and Doyle, are useful. Um, so I I. I get it. I, I, I don't know that it's it's likely to happen, but I think there's a narrative there that Doyle could be a top five tight end in my eyes. So I don't I don't think it's totally crazy. John, I haven't heard anything from you, man. What do you think here? Yeah, I was on board with this from the beginning, so I just so I just uh decided I'd sit this one out. But <laughs> yeah, nice. Eric Ebron does nothing for me. We get to forget about oh about Eric God. Ebron because the Detroit Lions forgot about Eric Ebron. The Colts signed him to a very, very team-friendly deal. It's essentially a one-year deal. I mean, he next year he's got he's under contract for six and three quarters a million dollars, zero dead cap. So it's very unlikely he's back with the Colts next year. This is a one-year show-me deal. I, I, they don't have any incentive to get Eric Ebron involved. And here's, it, here's, go ahead. Sorry. No, no go for it, man. So here's here's two little pieces of the puzzle, and and this is the Peter Howard influence coming out of me. Uh-oh. Tight ends tend to not break out until they're 25, 26 years old, and I have never been a huge Eric Ebron apologist. But let's not forget that this guy is super athletic. He's coming into his 20, 25 year old season, going to turn 26 in April. I think there's a chance that he starts to pull it together. Um, and then, but my biggest, my biggest thing here is with this, with this, you're out of your mind, Addison take here <laughs> is that you have Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, stop. Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, Delaney Walker, George Kittle, Jordan Reed. You're going to say that, I mean, I listed off about 10 guys. I don't see there's any chance in hell that that Doyle finishes a top five tight end unless there's just, you know, craziness with injuries. So, okay. So the first to address the Eric Ebron thing real quick in 2014, the year that I mentioned uh, when luck had the tight end seven season, uh, it was with Kobe Fleener that same year. Dwayne Allen was tight end 19 with 50 targets. Um, So I don't know if you want to factor that into kind of what the Eric Ebron role would be. Uh, that was 50 targets in 12 games as well. Um, so th- that could be like the type of Ebron type thing. So we have, you know, evidence to see that he's luck has 
supported a tight end seven, a wildly inefficient tight end seven, and he caught 50% of his passes uh, that year, um, while also having another top 20 tight end as well. Yeah, but then um, he catch like seven or eight touchdowns with those. I mean, that's that's yeah, he, that's he had, crazy. That's not he had eight touchdowns, that but Doyle had. So, uh, I guess you're right. Yeah, sure. So my biggest <laughs> issue here, though, is that that's I agree with all of that. Like they do use two tight ends. It's you know the problem is you've got them switched. Eric Ebron is going to be the top tight end. Jack Doyle is going to be the second guy. All right, you're nuts. You're the nuts. Right, that might be even a hotter take. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It's all based on athleticism for, for Travis. And effectiveness, yeah. I mean, Eric Ebron has stone hands, sure. But, I mean, you want you want a play that's actually going to go somewhere. You throw it to Eric Ebron, not Jack Doyle. who's going to catch it and fall down. That's what Mike Evans does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so, and here's the thing. So you get past the top four tight ends. You get past Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, and Ingram. And the it, it could be any one of those guys. That's why this isn't totally nuts for me. It could be anyone. There's a huge pool of guys who are very similar. It's just going to kind of come down to... Could be Eric Ebron, maybe. Well, not Eric Ebron, but just about <laughs> anybody else. <laughs> and it's, I just don't think Doyle's anywhere near those other talents at the tight end position that i He's mentioned not. earlier so who, yeah. who are the ti- the tight ends that you met? obviously i don't project him above the top three uh kelsey gronk Ertz. um but you mentioned ingram i think he's easily above ingram um, I don't, I don't ingram? how you say i don't see how you can say easily but i understand well, that there's concerns there with volume you said that i'm not, even, just... I'm not even gonna I'm not even going to get into the Ingram debate because I don't want to get too too angry right now. But <laughs> I was just going to say, just, he, he said Ingram just, just to get Jake going, just to tune him yeah, up. Uh, see, well, no, I, I do, I know I how do to believe deal that, with that, too. Addison. I know how to deal with Addison these days. All right, so let's just name off a bunch of these tight ends that he has to overcome and has to outperform. Um, I mentioned Eric Ebron, Trey Burton, uh, Kyle Rudolph, Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, Delaney Walker, Jordan Reed, maybe even Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, you don't know with with Tyler Eifert, he probably won't stay healthy. But for me, there's just a laundry list of tight ends that one I'd I'd prefer to have, and two I'd project to you know at least finish ahead of Jack Doyle, at least at least half of those guys. So that I can I can. I can give you reasons why Doyle will finish ahead of them, like each and every one of them after the top three, um, basically. So, like, guys for, like, Olsen, um, I can give you a volume uh, argument for that one, even though he is probably Camp's top target still, um, even with McCaffrey and now DJ Moore coming in and then Fun just having his breakout year last year. Um, but, I mean, we, we I still wonder if he's going to get the the necessary volume to be a top five guy uh, that he has before. Um, but I still, I still believe that he could be in that range. Um, Delaney Walker, the only thing that I hate about Delaney Walker, dude's mad consistent, and he has been a very underrated tight end for um, like the past like three or four years. But the thing is with him is that he is now, I believe, 34 years old, I think. And going back all the way to 2000, there have only been one, two three, four, 
five, six tight ends over the age of 34 to finish as a tight end one. And they're all, minus Ben Watson, they are all Hall of Famers. He's so, got a low tread on those tires, though. He didn't really get his start with Tennessee till he is, what, 28? Something like that. So True, true. And he's also been a monster since he's been 31 years old. True. Here's, so, here's, here's my bet I want to take with you, Addison. Oh, boy. George Kittle outscores Jack Doyle this year. Woo! Hot fire. Oh, man. Yeah, that's easy. And I didn't even mention him earlier. That's that's so can it, I, I don't can even, I also it'll be won't even be bet? a tight end one. What's that? You, neither will Doyle, but can I also be on the ti- on the on that bet? <laughs> drive by. Yeah, come on, Travis. I don't think Kittle will be a tight end one. And yeah, I'm not worried about that. Outside of injury, I don't see how Doyle isn't if a tight Kittle's, end. If Kittle's tight end thirteen and, and Doyle's tight end fourteen, then it doesn't matter. Correct. I'm just joking. Yeah, I think right they're there. both top twelve. I'll bet you Addison you Eric Ebron straight up over volume? Jack Doyle. Did you see did you see some of the tight ends that were tight end twelve last year? Yeah, Ebron was thirteen. That's what I'm saying. You don't think you don't think George Kittle can finish as a top twelve tight end? I'm just worried with the, the volume under Kyle Shanahan. He's right. never really used the tight end. What red zone threat do they have in that offense? Uh Garcon. Okay. Well, sure. you obviously don't believe in Kittle and you do believe in Doyle, so that's why he's trying to make the bet. I do I do think that Kittle I just don't think it's his year now. Okay. Same with Trey I'm Burke. not trying I'm to not argue, I'm now. just trying to bet right now. Right. So <laughs> I already said I would take the bet. I was just giving you the reason why. Oh, you talk so much, but it doesn't make you any better. Ooh. He's willing he's willing to put it up though. Man, this see, this bet is gonna kill me. Because obviously I just kind of stated how I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a, a believer in Doyle now. Um, but I have so many shares of George Kittle that I, I can't root against the guy. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally on the fence with this one, guys. Good, good luck to both of you, I guess. Yeah, seriously, I could not get in on that. I just I, I can't differentiate those. Like I said, you get past the top four and they're all the same guy to me. There's about 10 of them that are all the same guy and both of those guys are in there. So yeah, I couldn't do it, but that's my biggest argument is that Doyle's going to have to overcome like 10 other dudes that are in the same kind of tier. And yeah. actually I think he's lower than a bunch of those guys. Uh, po- possibly. It's just, that, I mean, it, it he was the like, sixth last year when you're like, when you're trying to, to wade through all these guys, it's just like, I mean, who's going to fall into the end zone in one extra time or whatever? I, I actually like Jimmy Graham over Jack Doyle, and it's just because of the touchdown upside. But, I mean, I don't know. I could make an argument for or against any of those ten guys, you know. I just I, – I, I couldn't differentiate them, so I couldn't bet on it. But I also don't hate the call of Jack Doyle being the one that kind of rises above those guys just based on his situation. Are you guys familiar with um, Football Outsiders DYAR and DVOA metrics? Yes. Mm-hmm. You are? Okay. So I'm just going to read the description for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, DYAR is Defense Adjusted Yards Above Replacement. It measures the value of the performance on plays where a specific player caught the ball compared to a replacement level player of the same position in same in similar game situations and then translates that into yardage DVOA 
is defense adjusted value over average. So it represents a specific player's value per play over an average player, replacement level player in the same game situations. Um, so the more positive the number, the better the player's performance in those game situations. Um, Jack Doyle in in 2017, his good year, had both a negative DYAR and a negative DVOA, ranked 31st and 29th respectively in DYAR and DVOA in 2017, his good year, uh, which essentially points to uh, Jack Doyle being less effective on the field in 2017 on a play-by-play basis than a league average, quote-unquote, replacement level tight end. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't care about that at all. Because <laughs> I could not care less. Because So my point is Jack, Jack Doyle, Doyle is, is a one... below replacement level tight end in the NFL. Eric Ebron had positive numbers on both of those metrics. He's an above average replacement level. How much of that above would the quarterback weigh into that though? You would be comparing yeah, Stafford to Brissett. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, that's I think that's the whole idea is it, it's, it compares when this player touched the ball in this game situation – he did this versus the the NFL average. So Jack Doyle, when he catches the ball, is doing less with it in a, in a, in a certain game situation than the NFL average tight end did in that same season. I mean, Jack Doyle is the one catching passes from Andrew Luck, though, not like name so is Eric Ebron's average, quote-unquote, average tight end. That, Eric Ebron's not going to catch the ball from Andrew Luck. That's the problem. He's not... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next. All right, guys. I think yeah. we, yeah, I think yeah, we've got we, our quote we beat on that Jack one to death. talk, huh? Yeah. All right, so yeah, let's cool. move on let's to move you, on Jake. To Jake. Let's hear yours. Jake. Let's let's see your nuts, Jake. Your nuts. Are we, are we moving on? I, I fell asleep there for a minute. Are we, are we, are we moving on? <laughs> my, my I'm glad Addison's I, I'm glad Addison's your nuts segment took 45 minutes. We can move on now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to make this short and sweet, guys. Can we make this under, like, yeah, uh, thirty-seven minutes. Can we do that? Ooh, no uh, my hot, <laughs> <laughs> my hot take is going to be Corey Davis finishes as a wide receiver one. Done. I'm on board. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with that too. Wow, so yeah, much I for did. a hot take. Yeah, All right, yeah, here's my here's my here's here's the here's the second part to that. Corey Davis is going to finish as a wide receiver one this year, and next year he's a dynasty wide receiver three. Three overall, the, the dynasty wide receiver three. Yes, I would. Be, if he was a wide receiver one this year, I would believe that wholeheartedly. Easy, easily. Uh, yeah. Amari Cooper I mean, was talking, talking about as the wide receiver one talking, overall, and he never was top fifteen. So that's true. He was going at like hmm. the one hundred four in startups at some point. That was nuts. Right. I think. Man. Yeah, I mean, I could see it happen. I think I don't you're, even have to explain why, do I? I <laughs> I hype, want it the to hype happen in the echo chamber. That's why. <laughs> I think you're. I, a little I think I'm gonna be the that. only one against this. Oh, you 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 too, John? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. All right. Let me give me my reasoning first, and then you guys can can go on after that. So my my biggest reason is obviously last year it was just injury plagued. He missed six games, and obviously his bye week in there uh, with the hamstring injury. So he started off great. First game had six catches, sixty some yards. Then he got the hamstring injury. He was out. That offense was suffering. Uh, you know, the play calling was brutal last year. They brought in Matt, um, not Matt, Matt Nagy, but Matt Lafleur, which is kind of in that same vein as a Matt Nagy. Hopefully, that offense is much more creative. 
Mariota's in for a, a huge bounce back season. And then the the kicker that came in here recently with Rashard Matthews going on pup list um, to start the season, that's going to be huge because basically now there is Delaney Walker and Corey Davis to throw to in that offense. And I do think Ty, Tywan Taylor is another sleek, uh, sneaky guy that you can maybe buy in Dynasty, but yes. that's getting a little bit off topic. But I think Corey Davis is going to, if, if, if things pan out, he's going to have a over 20% share of that market or market share. And if he does that, I think he's a thousand yard receiver and chip in, you know, six, eight, eight touchdowns in there. I think you're looking at a low end wide receiver one. Yeah. So that part I could, I'm definitely on board with it's him leapfrogging guys who are still, you know, Beckham Hopkins to me, Devontae Adams, he'd be wide receiver three. So obviously Beckham and Hopkins are, one and two. Oh, one and two there, yeah. Yeah, so so Davis is going to have to jump over Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, and that's that might be doable just on age, but, I mean, he's got to jump. And quarterback. Yeah. At least for Thomas and A.B., you would say, well, that was the same thing with Amari Cooper. Well, he's got Derek Carr attached to him. Mm-hmm. Well, Jameis Winston's attached to Mike Evans, so, I mean, he he's the top three. He's easily over those guys. Yeah. He might be above OBJ because of Eli. <laughs> I'm not even saying that it's right, but I just I could see that being the case. Oh, easily. Yeah. That's the wor- that's the least hot takey part of that whole entire thing. Is if that were to happen, he would definitely be a top three wide receiver. Hmm. I, yeah, I don't know about I think... that. Again, it, if Devonte Adams and Michael Thomas finish ahead of him, it, I mean, we're assuming all these guys are end up as wide receiver ones in 2018. I don't see a path for Corey Davis to to jump over those guys when they're already ranked ahead of him and then they have better seasons than he does and they're still young. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I kind of agree with Addison and Jake on that take in that if, if Corey Davis is a top 12 wide receiver, I could definitely see him being in that top three. I don't think that's totally off base just because I, I feel like people are already high on his talent. If he were to do that, I, I could see him leapfrogging over some other guys with a little bit more question. My my thing is I don't I don't think he can be I don't think he's a top twelve receiver. And it's not that I don't think he has the talent. I do. I question whether or not Mariota can support a top twelve wide receiver and what he's going to, to get with Walker. And I think I think that's just it. I think Jake kinda kinda stated that he, he feels that these these guys are going to be the two main beneficiaries in that offense. And they might be, but I just see that offense becoming more run heavy. I think Deion Lewis is going to be a target out of the backfield. Um, I think Janu Smith is going to be a bigger part of this offense with two tight end sets. And I, Mariota's just, he gets a lot of points with his legs too. And I really feel like in the red zone, Corey Davis is probably the third, third option there behind Derrick Henry and, and, uh, and Delaney Walker, I would think. So I, I just, I don't know that this is the year that I see Corey Davis being a top 12 wide receiver. So that's where I'm going to say you're a little nuts, but, um, James, did you, say totally. Derek Hen- did you say Derrick Henry is going to catch more passes than Corey Davis? No, no, Deion Lewis. Derrick Henry right. is going to be a bigger red zone. Okay, yeah. All right. I, I, dude, I to, thought I would, we were switching over. Love, to James is nuts for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to put a bet on that too. That that Deion Lewis has more catches than Corey Davis. Yeah, I don't. I, I guess I don't know that he's. I just think that he's going to. He'll. He'll. There's more than just those two mouths to feed. But um, the thing is, the the thing is, I think that. 
any offense, regardless if if it's a little bit more run heavy. We're we're talking a few percentage points here. You know, we're talking between sixty percent and forty seven. At the most extreme cases, it's like a ten percent difference. There's still passing volume that needs to go somewhere, and there's still attempts that need to go somewhere. And I think we're if if you're going to play that route, I think you're underselling the the talent that Corey that Corey Davis has. I mean, let's not forget that he was a top five NFL draft pick, and he. He was uh, he was a one hundred and one over all those running backs last year. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely, and I, I I see the talent there. I just don't know if this is the year that I would do it. I think, like you said too. I mean, last year, you know, he he had kind of an injury riddled season. I think this year is almost an extension of his first year. You know, I, I want to give him some time, a little bit there, and I'd also think that some time with this offense too. Like you stated, this is going to be kind of a newer offense. They're going to run, give him a year in this system um, with him, Mariota and everyone else. And I think that he'll be there. I just don't know this is the year that I would say he's top 12. So that's, that's my only thing, my only take on it. Um, I think you're a little nuts because of that, but I mean, everyone else seems to be on board uh, outside of uh, John for, for different reasons. So um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the one that's nuts here. No, I think I think you make good points there, and I think that's that was part of why I had to go that high is 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 the hot take segment portion. Very nice. I think okay. I think everything you say makes complete sense. Yep, that's the exercise. So, so uh, let's let's go ahead and get to the listener questions. We could easily keep talking about that one, but uh, yeah, let's let's move on to the listener questions. So, in the last year, some of the most thoughtful fantasy minds have found this podcast and made it part of their permanent rotation and we are so thankful for that and so we wanted to celebrate with all of our listeners by taking some listener questions that we can round table here uh, with the five co-hosts throughout the the duration of the various uh, iterations of this show holy shit um (laughs) i think i'm following i i I think i might have had a stroke there or something it started to (laughs) started to black out a little bit everything got really hazy and all right you're all right you're all right (laughs) i i think i'm good i think i'm good all right let's get to our first question i'm nervous all of a sudden for john's for john's well-being it's like we should really put the cameras on now because yeah. if John goes down, so you can I see me sweating profusely. And okay, what's his address? I have no idea. He's somewhere. In <laughs> We're on a podcast. We can give you his uh, Google Hangout. Yeah. yeah, first question. Let me let me wipe the blood that's rolling out of my ears and get to this first question. All right, this is from Juan Franco. He emailed us. Su- that's uh, superflexsupershow at gmail.com. And he asked, I've been in a 2QB league for eight years now. Won it a couple times, humble brag. What's your thought on waiting on QBs and getting position players early on? Or should I bulk up on the, the quarterback position first, then pick up the scraps? Seems like the past years of mixing strategies leaves me with low, low-end finish, and other players who draft blindly end up finishing better. Is there a true strategy for two QB leagues, or is it all luck in the end? Best regards, Juan Franco. 
in the middle of my well, stroke, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even decide where we were going to start with this. So I'm just going to. I'm really having you. deja vu here, where John says something, doesn't like throw it to anybody, and then we just have a contest of who can wait out the pause the longest. And I felt like I would always be like, I'm just going to start talking now. Um, so I think I think there's there's some more information to be very nice here. Uh, how many teams are in the league? I think is a is a huge part to a two QB league, especially if it's a true two QB league. It's not a super flex league because if we're talking a twelve or fourteen team uh, two QB league, then that's that that for me that's so much more value to the quarterback position rather than if it's an eight or ten team um, two QB leagues. For and for me, I just I I don't see how people play in two QB leagues that are more than ten teams. Because it's just basically yeah. you're gonna make people start a position and get a zero some weeks because there's not enough quarterbacks in the <laughs> league. Um, so if it is a if it is a deeper um, league with more teams, I obviously your quarterback you know value is gonna skyrocket and you're gonna need to grab at least two of those guys in the first four rounds, five rounds at the at the latest. Um, but I've kind of evolved a little bit ever since we started this show. I, I used to be more of a um, early round quarterback guy and just playing over the years and gave me a little bit more experience and obviously, you know, listening to JJ and, and his philosophies and, and just seeing how things work in the leagues that I play in. I've actually gone more of a late round quarterback um, person where I've actually sold off some of my higher end quarterbacks and, and, and stuck it with those position players, especially if there's more flex spots open. Um, because I think you can, I think you can play your hand at just taking quarterbacks that no one likes, or just lower on like the Derek cars of the world. That's a great value. Um, Bobby Cox just put out a good article. Not that I necessarily agree with him, but the value of case Keenum and Superflex two QB leagues, um, yes. Philip rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, these older quarterbacks, you can still get for relatively cheap just because people are, are so worried about their, their long term and how long they're going to play. So I've actually switched to a little bit later where I'd rather get those position players earlier and just kind of slow play the quarterback position. But again, it, it comes down to how many teams and if it's a 2QB league or if it's a super, le- super flex for me. Yeah, so for me, this question – really depends on i mean if it's dynasty or redraft i don't they didn't really say here oh i just uh, assumed it was dynasty personally yeah so i mean in dynasty honestly i'm still gonna load up on quarterbacks in the fairly early rounds like i mean so th- in, in a startup draft especially like that's the cheapest a good starting nfl quarterback is ever gonna be um and then you know ideally you load up on quarterbacks and wide receivers in the in the first you know in the early rounds and then build up your running backs through the rookie drafts because that's the cheapest they're ever going to be so uh, that's generally my approach in in redraft though and the only reason i thought it might have been redraft is because he said he's been in a 2qb league for eight years now and then he's talking about um waiting on qbs in the draft so i don't it sounds like maybe they're redrafting. Um, mm. So, I mean, if that's the case, then I'm okay with like two back end QB one, high end QB two kind of guys, like in that 10 to four, 14 range. 
And that allows you to wait a couple of rounds on quarterback and then spend those high picks on, you know, some impact running backs and wide receivers if it's a if it's a redraft league. Yeah, I agree with you there, Travis, because uh, I'm actually I'm actually the exact same way. Like I would I since it since it's a redraft league, I would definitely want to have um, stock up on the positional players because of the late round value for quarterbacks. Uh, not necessarily like late round because of the two QB league, but the the later value in the later quarterbacks. Like I would want two top fifteen guys, but you know if I can get guys in the ten to fifteen range, like Philip Rivers. Blake Bortles, you guys mentioned Case Keenum, Alex Smith, guys like those already. If I can grab two of those and have a, a stock up of positional players at the uh, the beginning of the draft, and th- that would be the way that I would go each and every year. I would say, um, since y- you mentioned that you've been playing in the league now for eight years, so I would assume that you have some sort of uh, you know knowledge on how other players in your your league are drafting. You know, if some guys are primarily like they have to grab. Rodgers or or Wilson or now Wentz, you know, they have to have that elite quarterback or or, uh, you know, other guys might wait um, on on quarterbacks as well and stock up on the positional players. Um, if you if you don't have this that kind of knowledge, I would recommend maybe trying to find, you know, like the, the previous drafts and, and matching up uh, like tendencies and stuff like that or keeping track of how the drafts go. Not the whole entire draft, maybe just the top 10 or even the top five just to see how you know, teams shake out after the core uh, of their lineups are being drafted. Um, so then that way you can get a kind of a league tendency to know how your other league mates are going to draft and you can take advantage of that, um, you know, depending on where you pick in relation to those guys as well so that you know that maybe this quarterback's not coming back to you, so you have to take him now or else you might be screwed. Uh, or you, you know that you can wait on this guy because the guys after you um, already have their quarterbacks and then they're trying to stock up. Or they're late round quarterback guys. So you can wait an extra round, grab the top of a tier guy uh, in a position and then grab uh, one of the quarterbacks, you know, in the next round or two, something like that. So that's something that I think I would recommend. And I, I would agree with uh, Jake and Travis that, you know, to wait on quarterbacks uh, and stock up on the positional players in the early rounds. Yeah. One of the things I think John and I have, have been championing a lot is uh, just tiering your players, just just make sure you go in with tiers. And I think that's the easiest way to make sure that you just kind of let the draft fall to you. You don't fall in love with names and you just kind of kind of make sure that, you know, you, you you get, you know, a certain amount of players from each tier. So so do your rankings, however you're going to do them, do your research, make sure that you, you do that. And I, I guess my, my main thing is. First off, remember, there's no right or wrong way to draft. I mean, you, I, I've seen people show up with a magazine, they haven't studied it. They're they're gonna they're gonna draft from that magazine, and and they end up winning. And you know, somebody who's been doing prep and homework and has you know eight million sheets in front of them and knows all the stats backwards and forwards, it, you know, ends up being in last place. I mean, that, it's just fantasy is fickle sometimes. All we're trying to do is maximize our our you know. It, essentially lower our risk on players and maximize our potential to win. And it doesn't always work out that way, but just remember to tier your players. And my main thing is trying not to be reactionary, especially in a two QB league. Um, if QBs go off the board early, it's, it's easy to panic and go, Hey, I, I, I need a quarterback here. They're going quick, but remember the value is being dropped. It, there's more value that's being pushed down in the draft that when you draft, 
there's going to be more value there at the positional players. So, you know, look at those look at those uh, positions that aren't being drafted. Look at the value that's there and really kind of gauge how you want to go from there. But I, I, I would always caution not to be reactionary. Um, try to try to pick up value wherever you can. And remember, you know, you're trying to outscore your opponent. If you can outscore them because you drafted, you know, two or three elite receivers while everyone else was going quarterback and you were able to grab some quarterbacks late that, you know, the gap isn't so big on, then, you know, you're, you're going to benefit from that. So um, that's my thing is just kind of overall draft strategy, making sure that you're doing uh, making sure you're doing all the things that uh, that that your prep tells you to do and you're not um, reacting to what's happening in front of you. It's my main thing. So, um, yeah. What do you say, John? Uh, take quarterbacks early and often. <laughs> and uh, that's that's always going to be my <laughs> my position on this stuff. It's that simple. But I there's there's definitely value in. You know, it, especially if you know that it's not going to happen, it's, it's not going to go that way in your league. You know, you've been in this league for eight years. You've seen how they draft. You know that there's going to be some quarterback value. I, I'm okay with, with doing it that way, the, what these guys are saying. But I, I guess my number one piece of advice, in the words of the great Paul Charchian, do the opposite. Just do the opposite of what all these other guys are doing and – you're you're gonna end up with that's called value-based drafting essentially is what you're doing there and i think that you're going to you're going to be a contender more often than not because you're going to end up with at some of these positions you're going to end up with better players than everybody that you're going to run into from week to week and i think that you can get some usable quarterbacks but uh, you, you're never going to hear me say that again <laughs> like, how much how much is this hurting john to say it's right it's now? killing me it, this it, I, seriously i this stroke is just stroke. working me over i i can't smile with the other half of my face and i forgot that aaron Rodgers exists somehow i like post stroke john <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll get it back don't oh, worry that's my favorite kind of john <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this That's next, what she said, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nicely done. All right. So this next question actually goes hand in hand with this one. We can just kind of focus in on the first round. This is from Mitch Zimmer and, uh, he DM'd us on Twitter. It's at Mitch Zimmer 2018. And he asked in a two QB 12 team redraft, how does strategy for quarterback drafting change? If you're drafting one through four, five through eight, or nine through twelve, nine through twelve slots, if at all, and what would the strategies be? I'll jump in real quick. I have so in in redraft. If I got one through four, I I can't bring myself to pass on those those four running backs in the first round, man. Um, in a redraft league, if it's nine to twelve, if I'm on the back end, I'm way more likely to take a quarterback in the first round. Um, I'm going to keep that one short and sweet. Let you guys talk a little bit more. Well, I'm the opposite. Okay. I want to hear what these other guys say. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd just be waiting regardless of my draft slot there. I, I, I'm, I'm for one again, unless it's a 12 or 14 team, uh, two QB league, I'm going to be, I'm going to be waiting that first round. I don't want to take a quarterback in the first round at all. Well, he actually said it's a 12 team, two QB league. Oh, he did say 12 team redraft okay. though. Yeah. 
Okay, redraft, but I I guess that's tough. Though I guess the only time I'd be taking a quarterback potentially there is at the back half, so 9 to 12, I guess. I'm still thinking this one out. <laughs> because because to me, um Jake made makes a good point with it being a 12 team that that does kind of put more of a priority on quarterbacks, but I in a vacuum, I wouldn't take a quarterback at all in the first two rounds. Uh, regardless of where I'm picking. Um, yeah, and uh, that's just for me. I've been looking a lot at ADP and doing a lot of mock drafts and stuff and um, for redraft, uh, preparing for you know some of my home leagues here. And there is so there are so many good players in the first, I'd say about 15 or 18 picks, that it is like absolutely ridiculous the depth uh, that there is for this year in terms of running backs and wide receivers. Uh, it might go beyond 18, to be honest. Like it might, it might be like almost the entire first two rounds. So for me to be able to take a quarterback, I, I, I wouldn't be able to pass up on a lot of those guys. Like if you're drafting at the middle of the first, I'm going to be looking at, you know, Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins. And then when it swings back in the second, you know, AJ Green might still be there or, uh, other running backs that fell, like whoever fell out of Cook, Fournette, Kareem Hunt, you know, McCaffrey will be there. Guys, guys of that caliber. And so, like for me, I wouldn't be able to really pass them up. And I would think that um, I could get two quarterbacks in the third and fourth round to to mitigate, um, you know, not taking one in the first two rounds. But I would have, I believe, kind of a positional advantage with my. RB wide receiver combo in the first two rounds that even if the top 10 quarterbacks went or top 12 quarterbacks went in the first two rounds, I'd be able to grab two in the third and fourth rounds uh, that would still produce on a weekly basis. And I might get lucky and find whoever the 2018 Alex Smith or Matt Ryan is for this year and get one of those guys. Um, so it, it all depends obviously on how the league is drafting. And so if, if a lot of if like the quarterbacks went like the first like seven picks and I was pick like 10, I'd probably be like, yeah, I, I need to take a quarterback. But, you know, if if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go until 110, I'm not really worried about it. So that's it, it, it's all league dependent on how your league mates are going to be drafting. Um, so I will say that. And I am very, you know, very go with the flow in terms of redraft drafting. Um, but in a vacuum, I probably wouldn't take a quarterback in the first two rounds regardless of where I'm I'm picking yeah I, I totally get that too I, it, it's interesting I, I think I agree with Travis I think one through four I don't I don't think I can justify taking a quarterback there in the first round um, I'm probably considering Rodgers at the back end of that four through eight um, he's my my QB one in dynasty uh, or redraft actually so um, either way I'd be considering him there probably around seven or eight um, and if I have nine through 12, and I know you were just talking kind of about first round, but if I have nine through 12, I'm not leaving the second round without a quarterback, just because I don't know what's going to be there come the third and fourth round. And I, I don't want to get that. That's a position. I just don't want to get stuck with two guys. I don't feel very confident about, or two guys that, um, might have a little bit of higher risk that I'm trying to, trying to, I don't know, try, trying to, uh, bank on high upside for two separate players um, at, at, at a position that important. So I think if I'm, if I'm in that nine to 12 spot, 
I think I'm I'm definitely walking away with a quarterback in in, in the first two rounds. That's for sure. Uh, but John, I'm interested to hear kind of what you what you're thinking. I, I know that uh, when Travis said that that you were you were saying that you're the opposite. So I'm definitely interested to hear what you got to say. Yeah, man, I'm the opposite. If I am drafting at the top of the first round, I mean that's that's what twenty twenty three picks in between. You know, my first pick. That, that that could be every starting quarterback or every usable <laughs> you're taking, quarterback. You're taking Eli Manning in the second round. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's at least that's my nightmare. <laughs> like that's that's what I don't want to have happen. I mean, I hate taking a scarcity mindset into a draft, but that's where if I'm drafting a super flex or two QB league and I'm stuck at the top of the first round. First of all, I'm trying to trade back if that's allowed in my league because I I don't want to have to guess what's going to happen while I'm sitting there helplessly watching this run on quarterbacks leave me with some crap like Eli Manning. Yeah. Which I okay, Eli Manning wouldn't be horrible, but I I definitely wouldn't feel comfortable with a with a combination that starts with Eli Manning. So yeah, if I'm drafting early in the first round and I can't trade back for whatever reason, then yeah, I'm starting with Aaron Rodgers. And if I got that wrong, I got that wrong. I still have an advantage in my quarterback one every single week, and I'm fine with that. The later it gets in the first round, the more likely I am to to push it. So you know, in the at the end of the first round, especially when I know that even a, a quarterback run is still gonna that's gonna mean what, three quarterbacks come off the board, whoop de doo. So I'm not too worried about that. So I would if I'm drafting in a nine to twelve range, that's when I pass on a quarterback and get it when it comes back around in a second. But that's that's the only way I'd feel comfortable doing it personally. I I think the difficulty is in two QB leagues or even super flex at times, drafting at the turns are just are so it's brutal. scary if you don't know your league mates. Yep. Because you either one, you're either reaching on the position, or two, they're all gone um, when it gets back to you 23 picks later or so. And the problem there is it's you don't know when those runs are going to happen. And for someone that wants to wait a little bit on quarterback. It's even worse when you feel like you have to take like that Eli Manning or Case Keenum in like the third or fourth round because then the position of value is way worse than if you would have taken those quarterbacks early. Right. Yeah, but I would just just to argue against your your point, John. Don't do is it. that. Don't do if it. You take that. I'm just saying <laughs> if your if your nightmare is you take Rodgers or you don't take Rodgers, and then 23 other quarterbacks go. If you do that in reverse, if you take Rodgers and no other quarterbacks go, then you're kind of stuck at a, a disadvantage at the other two positions, right? Like, Or does that not bother you uh, if that were to happen? Or say realistically, maybe you take Rodgers and then Russ and Carson Wentz and Watson go yeah. uh, until your next pick. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, and, does that not bother you? No. No, it doesn't. John because... is so stubborn, he would just double yeah. down and take another <laughs> Well, one. yeah, yeah. So, first of all, I'm dying on this island by myself either way. But, yeah, also, I mean, there are only, there are only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. 
and not all of them are even all that good. Not they're definitely not ones that I would particular that I would want to rely on in a two QB league. Whereas the wide receiver position, there's two, maybe even three on some of these teams that are all going to be usable in fantasy. The running back position is just a total mess. It's a total quagmire where it's going to change from week to week who's usable. So I, I, I don't feel like I need to get those guys. I don't need the quote-unquote RB1 value because that guy isn't going to be an RB1 all season, you know? Whereas I can create an advantage week in and week out with the combination of Aaron Rodgers and, I don't know, Andrew Luck. Or even, you know, if there is a mini run, somebody like Dak Prescott or Marcus Mariota, both who I'm very high on. And I feel like I go into every single week with a, with a, a decided advantage at those two positions and I don't necessarily feel like I'm at a disadvantage at the other positions because I can find wide receivers, I can find running backs, I can damn sure find a tight end, but I can't find those quarterbacks if I do get caught at the end of a quarterback run. Travis, let me, let me ask you this. This is kind of the, the same question in reverse. So let's say you have the number one pick, Travis, and... You, you. Let's say you take Todd Gurley. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here that that would be your pick, but I'm pretty sure it would be. So let's say you take Todd Gurley, and then 23 quarterbacks go. How, how, how pumped are you to then take like, I don't know, um, DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson? Hell yeah, like, man! Would, would you and that's do what that? I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, of course I would. Of course no. I would. Jump at also, that. absolutely. Th- that hypothetical scenario, which is John's worst fear, is literally <laughs> never going to happen. Ever, ever, never, <laughs> ever. I've seen it. I've seen in it. Any There's sort of reason. You've never, you've never once Only seen twenty-three dreams, quarterbacks John. go off the board in the first two rounds. John had a nightmare <laughs> once, and he thinks it's reality. No, that was that was I a wet dream John had about the first two rounds. <laughs> I've seen this happen. Ask my therapist. He has made a ton of money off of me because of this. So so I'm looking at fantasy football calculator calculator ADP right now for two QB leagues. Um and it lists the um uh, the highest that these quarterbacks have gone and the lowest they've gone in let's see, I think it was um like several thousand drafts. One well, one thousand one hundred and ninety-eight drafts that have all happened in the last 10 days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, I mean, we were talking like, okay, case Keenum, dude, like the highest he's gone in any draft is the sixth round. Like your, your situation isn't going to happen. You're not going to be left. 24 quarterbacks are not going to go off the board in the first <laughs> two rounds. Even if, I mean, on the high end, if we're being honest, 10 in the first two rounds is really high. Right, do and me a then, favor and say that in a more soothing voice so I can listen to it every night before I go to sleep because that's the <laughs> only way. That's the only way that this does anything for me. So Matthew Stafford right now is QB10 in redraft leagues, mm-hmm. and the highest he's been drafted in, a, in in 1,200 drafts is the 303. So, I mean, worst-case scenario, you're taking, you know, even if you if you pass on Aaron Rodgers at 101, and you're and nine other quarterbacks go off the board. You're left with QB ten of Matthew Stafford, and then you're taking him at twenty at two twelve, which is higher than he's ever gone before. Mm-hmm. 
or in this data set, obviously. So I mean, then you count, then you hit. So then you hit whoever you take whoever you want at 101. Zeke, Gurley, whatever. Then you come back and you get Stafford, Goff, Stafford, Luck, Stafford, Big Ben. You don't like Stafford, so maybe I should pick a different person. But you know what I'm saying, like. I like Stafford. That's just another. We're we're you really like getting Stafford. into my superstitions based on uh, past experiences <laughs> yeah. here. Speaking Nobody, of therapy, no this is this is kind of turning into that. The four of us right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was not supposed to be a podcast. It was an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> Much needed as well. Yeah. But not. John, if you want some more peace of mind, think of it this way. If 23 quarterbacks go between your 101 pick and the, the 212, mm-hmm. nobody else would then take quarterbacks for another like four rounds because they'll be trying to catch up on positional players. So you could sit and wait and just wait and wait and wait on quarterbacks because everybody else will be worried about it. And then come week one, somebody's going to look at the roster and be like, man, I have Kenyon Drake as my RB1 and I have nothing else behind him. And then they're going to look at your roster. Wow, he has David Johnson and Todd Gurley. So I'm going to send him Carson Wentz for David Johnson because I need a running back. And, and then John, you're just going to be like, uh, sure, I don't know. There and John took Nick Foles and Josh Rosen, who nobody knew were starting except John. And so he's got two starting quarterbacks that he took later. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay this is this is actually this guided meditation is actually helping a little bit right. i don't totally believe you guys i mean i think that you're uh it's a trap, <laughs> it's a trap. You're, you're underestimating the ability in the theater of my mind to <laughs> to perpetuate this nightmare you're Are essentially you you guys need a listener league where all of your listeners do this. They all give you the 101, and everybody <laughs> takes two quarterbacks in the first. <laughs> Seriously, can we can we make this happen, listeners? If you're in a listener league with these guys, and James and and Travis, you guys need to be in on it too. Make sure that John gets the 101, and everybody take two quarterbacks in the first two rounds. He's gonna ruin John, it by taking uh, Rodgers, though. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just because he knows that I just said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, John, earmuffs. earmuffs. It doesn't matter uh, if you said that or not, John. We've been taking Rodgers at one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's All probably right. true anyways. But uh. So hopefully we helped you out there, John. We should probably move on to the next question. Yeah, let's get to the next one. Um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still over here just jittery as hell just at the thought of not <laughs> taking a quarterback. We're going to leave this half of the episode to be continued, and we'll be right back with some more Q&A. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review the podcast and DM us at Superflex Show, at Superflex Dude, at Travis NFL, at underscore James the Brain to get in on the Vampire Listener League. The SFB9 Satellite League is full and drafting now, but fear not. It's Listener League Part 2 time. This time we're looking for competitors for a three-division Dynasty League. And not just any Dynasty League. Quick shout-out to Tom Kislingberry, at TomDegenerate on Twitter, and host of DLF's Read and React IDP podcast for coming up with this awesome format, The Vampire League. show hosts will be the vampires and if you lose to the vampire you lose a starter to them as they gain power with each win 
The league ends when a vampire wins a championship. In the meantime, keep the vampires from gaining power on your way to creating the dominant dynasty and your chance to win awesome prizes from the Super Flex Super Show. It's first come, first served, but priority will be given for ratings and reviews. So give us those ratings, give us those reviews, and hit us up to enter now. And stick around. We'll be right back. I'm going to put up a poll right now and be like, should Addison be the only one that's using video on the Skype hangout call right now? <laughs> and if it's not 100% no, I'm going to launch it. Yeah, this, my Twitter account. this feels like a, another uh, Cam Newton poll. <laughs> You're just going to fucking lose I like, it. I, I like how Addison tried to rub that in my face. And, he, and, and, and for some reason, he thinks he won that. I did. Did the Twitter poll not confirm that? You're really going to base that off of Twitter polls and, and instead of actual reality? Jake. Don't you have a website? Jake. You know, what's his ADP right now? Quarterback five. Hmm. Jake, that poll was 70-30. That was after 14 votes in your screenshot, dude. <laughs> 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 you had all your little minions... On that. Me and my 13 burner accounts. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Is Travis coming or what? Uh, I, I think know. so. I guess I they're in. Last I heard, he was battling a monsoon, right? Yeah. Well, that I might serious. have to change my "you're nuts" then if he's not on here. <laughs> Oh man, he's got to get on here. I, I'm tired of the only one that pisses off Travis. Someone's got, someone else got to take that, that mantle for for this episode. I think Travis plays a role where he just makes sure he's the one that's pissing people off. Yeah, yeah, he does a pretty know, good job. Right? So me, <laughs> he, he's willing to change his takes just to make sure that no one can burn him. Shit, I thought I was doing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he'd be in my own game. <laughs> I voted yes in that poll, Addison, just to troll you. Are you freaking... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> to which one? The, to which the, one? Girly, the girly poll. No, there were two. It was if you knew that he wouldn't finish RB1 or if you knew he wouldn't finish top three. The top three one. Oh, my God. <laughs> that one's even worse. Uh, I, I know now, Travis. Travis and I are going to get along so well. <laughs> <laughs> so I did say I it was just say, to there, troll you. <laughs> There's 85 votes, so now I have to take the percentage of no and add an extra vote to that and recalculate. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I like the feature of not having video. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Uh, you right? don't like seeing my face? Well, it's not about you guys. Just in general, I think it. I think it just like it's a different dimension. You know, it's a yeah. different feeling. You sound like you're in a different dimension. Well, I could be. I I, I just started drinking, so. <laughs> Dude, have you ever He's probably pod- still in his dining room? <laughs> yeah. You sound super echoey, Jake. Do I? Yeah. Well, to me, I don't know if anyone else is hearing that or not. Is this better? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Sometimes my uh. Hmm. My pop. 
Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, you just started drinking my ass. It was like 12 beer bottles. It's <laughs> a good thing we don't have video, see? That's what I'm talking about. That didn't echo, I'll give you that. Hello,